0: Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f we want.
1: Welcome back to the Kinjas Podcast. Movement in the shadows. We are your hosts, Ben. You read that like you were reading a Christmas. I'm trying, I'm trying to tone it down because Charlie said that I was too loud in the previous one, so I had to take it down a little. <laughs> 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 that's good um i'm charles <laughs> and i'm mike Fowler. yay
2: <laughs>
1: we are back guys we are back um very excited for today's guest uh we have in the house she is a creator dancer choreographer and teacher karen chuang is in the house Hey,
0: hey,
3: hey. Did
1: I pronounce yo. your name correctly?
3: That is correct. Karen okay. Chuang. Yeah. Chuang. Karen Chuang. There's okay, a lot of vowels good. in there. People get confused. Ben
0: was saying Chuang. No, I was not Chung. saying Chuang. <laughs> <That was, laughs> I did not say
3: that. <laughs> I get a lot of iterations, but yeah. you got it right the first time.
1: Cool. Good, good. Um, Karen's done a lot of stuff, a lot of industry, dance industry stuff. Uh, Nicki Minaj, Kanye West, Lady Gaga, Janet Jackson. Wow. Right? Mm. Um, core dance, uh, you're a core member of Entity Contemporary Dance Company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're excited to have you here. Thanks, Thanks for, for
3: having let's me. Let's not forget
4: Dance on Sunset. Oh,
1: <laughs> Dance on Sunset, what's that?
3: Dance on Sunset was kind of like a Mickey Mouse Club for Nickelodeon back Whoa. in 2008. Whoa. It was my very first industry job. I can't believe you remember that. Of course, uh,
4: you were on TV. We all watched it. It, wow. it
3: was It was probably actually one of my um, favorite jobs ever to date uh tony testa was the choreographer and uh we were all series regulars on this television show and we were treated so well um but it lasted for just one season
1: how old were you for that
3: i was 17 i was still a senior in high school and we filmed it we filmed it january through march of my senior year so i lived down here for about three months uh during that time and then i moved Sick. back to the bay to finish out my senior year of high school dang yeah what a trip yeah yeah you're yeah. on <laughs> tv <laughs> we're gonna have to find <laughs> clips of that oh Michael man they're very good the choreography <clears throat> is excellent oh yeah i mean
4: even the rest of the dancers on there are amazing
3: oh yeah, yeah. i mean they it's so crazy to see where we've all gone that uh yeah. hefa Tuita, um, who else, Johnny, Johnny Erasme. Yeah. Wow. Aubrey oh, wow. Storm, Aubrey, yeah. wow. Shane, uh, Ashley easy. Galvin, yeah, yeah. that's a pretty tight group of people, that's tight, children, children.
1: <laughs> <Nilo>. <laughs> we need a ring. do they still have Mickey Mouse Club and stuff like that, I think there's a reboot, there's a yeah. reboot, yeah. That's I, tight. I don't yeah. watch I that channel,
0: so like, with tight. the young <laughs> dance stars of today, of today. Yeah. like Big Will,
1: Oh, really? Is he? Oh, yeah, I saw a billboard yeah. with him on it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so tight. I feel like Logan would be like <laughs> yeah. super awesome yeah. on something. Oh, she'd like be that. perfect. Oh, yeah. I feel like we talk about Logan in every episode of <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> Somehow she comes yeah. up every time. She's, She's the future. Star. She's the present, truly. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. she is yes. the present. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, hi, Karen. Hey there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, give us like a brief uh, 101 of Karen. Like, you know, origin stories are always fun. Where are you from? I, I mean, you said you're from the Bay. I you am. He gave us a little bit of dance on Sunset history. But, you know, <laughs> give us a little bit of yeah, your background. Okay. Yeah. Oh
3: man, where to start? Um, I was born and raised in the Bay Area, more South Bay actually, hey, Los Altos, okay, California. Hey. What's up? Um, I started training very class in classical styles, mm-hmm. ballet, jazz, tap. Wow. Uh, and didn't start hip-hop or jazz funk until I was a teenager. I'd get it through conventions and things like that, but our the programming at our studios, uh, the studios that I went to weren't ever as strong as what kids get nowadays mm-hmm. in terms of their hip-hop training or urban dance training. Um, yeah, I did little jobs here and there. I got signed with an agent at 13 through there was a dance convention back then called company dance. Um, that's where I met Brian Friedman, where I met Nick Flores, uh, all these really, really big name people that I trained under for a long time Mm -hmm. was through conventions like company dance. And, at Nationals, I won the agency award and signed with DDO. Wow. Dang, which, DDO. DDO, yeah. Oh, I don't okay, know if you guys back. even remember DDO. Or? <laughs> I remember DDO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I think it still exists for Does sure. Really? Yeah. Didn't they Bill, turn into
4: like MTA or something like that?
3: <laughs> I think there was, a, there was a, an, an agent actually who, um, who created his own agency that uh, used to work at DDO. He gotcha. was my agent actually at wow. <laughs> a lot of great connections there yeah. um so i did like one small football commercial and i remember this because i did it with tucker barkley he no was way. yeah my other like child friend on set um, <laughs> and it was with peyton manning was in it it was like for sunday night football or something or monday night yes. football mm-hmm. um like little things like that and mm-hmm. then my The big job that I did um, when I was in high school was Dance on Sunset, which Mm you have talked about. mm -hmm. Um, And that actually encouraged me to move to L.A. because I was choosing between East Coast, West Coast. Mm -hmm. Um, I had been accepted into Tisch at NYU to go through their dance program. And I was really excited about it. Went and visited the school and everything. Um, But then with the show, I wanted to... Uh, be able to still go to school at the same time if yeah. I were working and if the show picked up for a second season so I decided to n- not go to school on the east coast and then um decided to go to UCLA to study something more academic mm-hmm. so yeah moved to LA in 2008 which is crazy it's been wow. 10 years wow. Wow. It's oh decades. my gosh That's yeah cool. yeah uh-huh. so I'm beginning my 10th or 11th year here mm-hmm. and um School was awesome. I was still signed with, uh, by then I was signed with Clear Talent Group and continued to work really short term, quick gigs like TV stuff. Mm. Uh, I did a lot of Glee with Brooke Lipton and Zach Woodley.
2: Wow.
3: Um, did a bunch of X Factors and America's Got Talent with, I think Brian Friedman was a choreographer at the time. Mm um i did a really short like mini tour with willow smith Wow! tina landon was cool. the choreographer That's it. it was uh, it was like it aligned perfectly with like my finals and my spring break where i could leave for three weeks and yeah. come back and pop back into school which yeah. was really nice wow. um and then actually being at school is what introduced me to um the urban dance community mm-hmm. and the collegiate dance scene i had taken hip-hop Uh, For the very first time when I was like, not first time, Mm. but really like trained in it when I was 15 or 16, actually with Funkonometry San Francisco. They had a children's program and Marielle Madrid (laughs) was my first teacher and she taught me popping and it was, (laughs) yeah, it was really hard. Mari
4: back then could do everything. Everybody looked at Mari, and she was just like, wow.
0: That's yeah. why I call that's why I call Mari mom. Mommy. <laughs> I knew, I knew she, she taught popping. Mom-y. I knew it in my soul. Totally. Wow. She that's gets so you know, she gets in she there. Can do it all. Um
3: <laughs> yeah. and also through that time I was taking open company classes with Funk SF, and that's when I first met people like Pat Cruz mm-hmm. and Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember watching uh, company and gentoo videos.
0: Yep. Wow
3: over and over again, like just cause I was so, um, in love with the movement yeah, and I'd never seen hip hop like that.
0: That's you Mike
4: file. Hey, yeah. so before, before Karen moved, uh, we, we found out she was moving. We tried so hard to get her to stay in the Bay so that she could be <laughs> an APT and, and, and then be on the company. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but then, you know, she just, she just wanted to do, you know, big girl stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would
3: have been very honored to be there. um, hey. But yeah, so then through UCLA, I uh, found out about the collegiate dance scene, joined NSU Modern, mm-hmm. um, was a coordinator for them for about two years. And then we, we did all the, the different uh, community shows like Vibe. Um, mm-hmm. I think my year was the very first time that NSU did Vibe. And Whoa. it was like a really big deal. And it was really, really fun. Um and then about a year later I joined I was as invited to join Entity by mm-hmm. Will and Marissa um who I knew very peripherally through mm-hmm. the dance community but didn't know very well mm-hmm. and um and then just tried to maintain my connections and all the different um interests that I had within dance so community driven things like NSU and Entity and then was still kind of working in industry stuff um Also, kind of as a as a pop in Mm.
2: uh, important
3: bit of information. My freshman year, I was uh, an assistant for the Pulse.
0: Whoa! Yeah. So they
3: have this big program um, called the Protégé program, Mm -hmm. and I was an elite protégé my freshman year of college. So I was still kind of training. Huh?
4: She says she says she says that no uh, so, so nonchalantly, but then that's a big deal. <laughs> it's, it was yeah, it was really
3: incredible experience because back then the pulse, um, the faculty was still it was Wade Robson, mm-hmm. Brian Friedman, Lorianne Gibson, Mia wow. Michaels, uh, who else was on there? a bunch of really important, incredible people that um, I was able to still train with while yeah. I was still in school. And that mm-hmm. was really pertinent to the rest of my career, actually. Because mm. it was through that people like them that I had all these other great opportunities <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to dance and to work. That's yeah. awesome. So then once I finished school...
4: Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. You also oh. have to mention that like you, you were full-time college. Yes. You were you were a coordinator, so you were director of that... Team, you were working as a, a, a working dancer and you were an assistant, like all in college?
3: It, yeah, it, it was like, it all happened during that time for sure. Yeah. And different things kind of layered themselves in at different times. But yeah, it was, it was very fun and challenging. Wow. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. Very laughs>
4: yeah. And she excelled at everything. So. That's wow. awesome. You know, I tried
3: my best because everything was interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Did your parents, uh, well, it seems like they supported your dance from early on, right? <laughs>
3: Yes. Parents always have been super supportive. That's so cool. Both of them immigrated from Taiwan in Uh the 80s, and my dad is a very strong believer in democracy and Uh. what the opportunities that are available here in America. And um, he moved so that we didn't, my brother and myself, um, didn't have to grow up in those kinds of conditions of uh, really intense academic settings and um, freedom to kind of choose whatever you want to do with your life. And so were always really supportive financially and physically sort of being there yeah. for all the shows and stuff that's wow. so
1: unconventional for the typical asian parent story that yeah. we all talk about that like my parents didn't support my art and yeah. you know all that but that's cool so your parents kind of uh supported that in terms of the academic side though so for education did they um like like the whole college thing was that something that was kind of like, you go if you want to or, like, no, you have to go to college and, you know, mm-hmm. you can choose what you want to, like, major in. Or what was, I guess, what was the push behind their encouragement for you to, like, the academic side?
3: It's it's interesting now that you asked that because there was never a question of me going to college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I myself wanted to go mm-hmm. and academics is really important to me through high school. Mm-hmm. And so there I never thought that I would just somewhere and mm-hmm. pursue something there was always an element of college first and then sort of the life after mm-hmm. so you did
1: well in high school yes that's tough <laughs> <laughs> i'm very intrigued because i i didn't do well in high like, <laughs> i actually did really bad so
4: karen so karen doing well what's well
3: i well um sort of on like a gpa level yeah yeah ooh drop uh, the gpa drop the gpa <laughs> i know i had like a maybe like a four three what or something, <laughs> because like i know because like ap classes were worth like five points or yeah. whatever and, and i took ap courses and um academically i really yeah i just wow. pushed really hard and um you know did leadership was like asb president and vice president and stuff wow. <laughs> just like the models <laughs>
1: person so you did <laughs> you did everything
4: and you're still alive so okay cool Dang,
1: wow. that's amazing cool all right so you're like i'm going to college cuz you want to and you just kind yeah. of felt that was what you wanted to do and then so but like uh you pursued dance as a major or
3: so when we were uh it's a nice like trip down memory lane yeah. Yeah, i remember when we were discussing uh, college options. I either wanted to go to a strictly conservatory style school for dance Mm. or a really highly regarded academic institution. Um, and for example, some of the conservatories that I applied to were Juilliard, Tisch, uh, Those were the two main ones, Mm -hmm. and then the academic schools were like Berkeley, UCLA, Stanford. I think I applied to Harvard just for the kick and fun of it. No, (laughs) but (laughs) I was waitlisted at Stanford, which I'm still very proud of (laughs) because it's just a fancy school. Yeah, um, I did not
0: get waitlisted at Stanford. (laughs) Very impressed. I got (laughs) waitlisted at my community college. (laughs) That's always a win for me. To each his own. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah. yeah
3: so I had a very sort of I thought of um I guess my college experience is very binary like either very dance or very very academic and mm-hmm. ironically what happened when I went to UCLA was that it was a very um very nice fusion or melding of different parts of my life so the academic side was still very nourished and mm-hmm. then my dancing side was also very nourished but in a very different way
2: mm.
3: um from What I would have been experiencing at a conservatory Mm -hmm.
2: school—it
3: was much more uh, like industry-driven, and then, I mean, hip hop dance, like urban dance—I never would have done that probably at Mm -hmm. a conservatory school. Mm
1: -hmm. So, while in college, uh, because you were obviously working a lot already, doing industry jobs and stuff while being a student, Mm -hmm. did you? um, So, were you planning to be like, once I finish school, then I'm just gonna go? full-time into just everything dance or was there this kind of like I'm gonna do dance now but you know if this doesn't work out or when I'm like done with that I am like building this through my education that I can kind of maybe like move into as like a side thing or as like a Mm. contingency or was dance just like this is it
3: dance was always a sort of a sidekick for Um, me at least um So I was a business economics major at UCLA. And uh, the path for those majors was generally either to be an accountant or a consultant. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to go the consulting route. And uh, my junior year, that's when I started prepping for consulting interviews and consulting jobs. And Mm. so um, prepped for all the major firms like uh, Boston Consulting Group, Bain & Company, Uh, Deloitte places like that um didn't get an internship my junior year I actually interned at Versace um I got an internship at NPR and did that and then was still sort of prepping to do the consulting thing um went into final rounds with Deloitte in New York uh in their like human capital division or whatever as a consultant and I got there actually and the lady who was interviewing me, really awesome woman, like a senior consultant, looked at my resume and was like, what are you doing here?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was
3: like, what do you mean? I, you know, your company's great. Like, I want to yeah, work yeah, for yeah. you. <laughs> and she's like, no, your experience is literally all in dance. Like, there is not one non-dance experience except for maybe this PR thing. Mm-hmm. But she goes, you, you seem to have a passion for something that is not... Uh, consulting and wow. you should really pursue it because and then she went on to this whole story about herself and her love of dance and how she didn't end up going that what? path and what and I was like okay just she, trying to like
4: she was telling you not to take the job or <laughs> yeah. 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 tell really me like
3: why I wasn't it right for the job <laughs> yeah. um, because I didn't actually end up getting the job like wow. um I wasn't offered a, a position at Deloitte which uh-huh. was totally a godsend because I actually ended up um being hired on at Versace in the PR department Mm. as the assistant to, um, the head of West coast for them. And so I, I actually graduated or finished school a quarter early. So I was done in March and continued working at Versace and was also taking class and dancing and auditioning and stuff. Um, and my mindset was to continue working at Versace. Um, I, didn't really think about anything sort of beyond that. I was like, I have a job. I'm just gonna keep working here. I'm gonna keep dancing and going to auditions because why not? Yeah. Uh, and then I I never wanted to make that jump, or not wanted to, but i never thought about making that jump of fully dancing. I think I wanted to make sure that I was financially stable.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, so I wanted to keep my job. And it wasn't until I think September of that year, so 2012, was when I finished school. Um, I had auditioned for Nicki Minaj and at the mm-hmm. time Lorianne Gibson was the choreographer mm-hmm. and the co- the call was like six women. It was a super teeny tiny call and it was all Asian girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was me, Carol Harribe, uh, Kelsey Park and then like two two or three other Asian girls mm-hmm. and um, I remember going to it and you know going in feeling really good about the auditions because I knew Lorianne mm-hmm. and Um, about a week or so after I got a call from my agent, I was standing in, um, Versace's like back room where all the samples are, so Mm -hmm. like organizing like dresses (laughs) and like taking down (laughs) inventory and I got a call from agent and I was like, all right, whatever, maybe this is about that. And Mm -hmm. it was, and they offered me a spot on, um, the pink reloaded, pink Friday reloaded tour or whatever it was. Um, So I talked to my boss about it, who's really cool. I really liked her, or like her. Her name is Jessica. And I was like, hey, so I have this opportunity. Like, I'm wondering if I can go on tour, (laughs) maybe come back and (laughs) still have my job. And she was like... You know, it, it would take a lot for us to train somebody and then to hire them and then to kick them out and then for you to come back. So she was like, it might be sort of a, a better th- idea for us both if you if you just took the job and mm-hmm. leave it at that and mm-hmm. just continue pursuing dance. And I was like,
2: wow, you're
3: right, Jessica. So <laughs> I left my job, wow. um, went on tour and came back in 2013 and was like, Okay, I'm a dancer now. Like, I gotta figure this out and make moves, literally. Do you remember
1: the name of that lady that you interviewed with at Deloitte?
3: Oh, man. I have her face in my mind. I think her name was Anne. okay but i don't don't quote me on that no, I'm,
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm asking because that's such like a huge part of your story like yes you're, you go in for a job interview obviously because you think you want this job and this yeah. person's like i don't think you're right for this job because yeah. you're obviously passionate about this other thing called dance and then like you know her encouraging you to move into that and then like like here you are you know because i feel like we all kind of have that story, um, and it always looks different, but like, you know, that turning point where you realize like, okay, I can either choose to do this or take the chance and go do that, and then yeah. like, you know, something tips you over the scale to just be like, okay, it's gonna be this, but it just seems like that was like that that story for you. That's really cool.
3: You're absolutely right, Yeah. and I think also something that's really, that sticks out to me in hindsight is this idea that um, you've when you fully commit yourself to something, then you're, you're essentially opening your hands and letting it fall in. But when you're not fully committed, there's still maybe a little reservation and maybe your hands are still closed and you're just not like ready to, to do whatever it is. And to me, I think that's what dance was, um, like, or taking, taking that job. I just like, I wasn't ready to let go of whatever I still was holding on to, And
2: Mm -hmm.
3: even before that, when I was a junior, I was highly encouraged to, uh, to apply for this program called uh, Harvard 2 plus 2. It's like for Harvard Business School, you apply as a junior, you work for two years after you graduate, and then you go to business school for two years, and to me, I was like, wow, what a cool thing, like, I want to go to Harvard Business School, this seems like the totally right fit for me, Um, but I wasn't like fully committed and passionate about it, like there Mm -hmm. was still something maybe that I was not um, entirely ready to accept about that journey or that path, and you could Definitely. I mean, I was reading my um, like old like uh, what are those admittance papers Uh, or like my personal statement. And I was like, wow, this is all this is BS. Like I'm not (laughs) I don't really want to go to this school. What's happening here? Like I could tell. And it's just so interesting how um, for me, that's how life has worked. When Mm -hmm. I'm not when I'm really not um, down for something, I might like try, but I might not try as fully Mm -hmm. as I really could if I were really um, engaged. Mm. yeah and maybe yeah you guys have experienced that too in in your lives yeah it's very true um
1: were you so after you like the corporate side was that the versace job was that the last like sort of corporate uh job that you had like the nine to five type of job yes and then Mm -hmm. so from there everything just full-on dance
3: everything full-on dance okay Mm -hmm.
1: so with that though because i'm really interested in um because, you know, stability is something that everybody's looking for, right? You know, Absolutely. our parents always want us to be stable, have that job that we're getting that constant steady paycheck. Um, and I think while talking to you, you're a smart girl. <laughs> like, you, you. And, and And like, I feel like you um, probably think a lot about something before you do it, like You know, some people just move into things because they're like, oh, I don't know. I just tried it. And here I am, you know, which is there's nothing wrong with that. But Mm -hmm. I feel like you're somebody who um, probably counts the cost of of making a decision. And um, you seem very calculated. So and.
2: (laughs) 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 She's like, I
0: knew you would say. Just thought bubbles. I'm like, uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh.
1: (laughs) um but like so so i mean you you mentioned the like i love your analogy about like when your your hands are closed you you're not able to receive um you know what's coming to you you have to open up for that so for somebody who seems to be pretty calculated um what i guess gave you the green light for yourself to move into something that's very kind of uh Unstable in the sense of there's nothing guaranteed and there's nothing promised Mm. to you to pursue a career in the arts and dance in particular. So what? Mm. um, I don't know. I guess like what sort of uh, um, Or what happened or what was the thought process behind um, moving forward with that?
3: Mm. I think I think I mean in the moment I don't think I, I knew what I was doing at all. But I think that the most important element to me has always been um, understanding like financial foundation, and my dad has always said to me, "You can do whatever you want with your life. You can do anything. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But as long as as long as you can feed yourself and you can put a roof over your head, you do whatever you mm. like." That's Um, awesome. And I was in a position when I was finishing school that I was very financially stable because I had uh, saved up all that money from Dance on Sunset. I'd saved a lot of money from um, doing the little jobs here and there that I did during school. Um, And I was financially independent from my parents sort of around my senior year of college. Mm -hmm. They had been paid. They paid for my college, which I'm so thankful for. Um, They were giving me. I mean, I had, like, a meal plan through school, but sort of after that that part of school, when I was living in the apartments, they gave me, like, a small um, allowance to pay for, like, food and groceries, but at some point, um, there was a tipping point, and they kind of transferred the responsibilities to me, and they were like, you let us know when you need help, but this is sort of the beginning of the parting of our ways. Mm. Um it was a very gradual transition, but I think sort of in the middle of school, I was already aware of the importance of being able to pay for things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all the essentials, at least, on top of like wanting to go take dance class or whatever else I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when I was finishing up with school, um, what I what I thought about or what made it okay for me to, m- to make that, that jump was – I have an opportunity existing currently um, that will provide me enough stability for X number of time. And then on top of that, I also have sort of a foundation beyond that, Mm -hmm. uh, saved up in my savings account and Mm -hmm. and whatever other forms of um, investments I had. And understanding that, well, this is a lump sum that I can live with for this period of time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give myself that time. And um, if things start to... not work out financially for me then I'm then I'm going to revisit and and look again sort of what my options are Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I've been very fortunate very very fortunate with the opportunities that I've had Um, and I think that definitely is coupled with hard work and persistence and it it wasn't easy I definitely felt like it was a very challenging um, it is continues to be sort of Mm -hmm. a challenging uh, rhythm and flow of life (coughs) but There are also, to me, different seasons for um, different kinds of energies. And immediately after college, I was really hungry. um, Or actually, when I sort of came out of that tour and I had to dance, I was really hungry to continue training and really hungry to work and do whatever I could. And Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I was always taking class every day. It was like two, three classes, Mm like um, going to all the auditions that I could and It also came with a huge, like, personal sacrifice. I'm sure a lot of those who are um, committed to the commercial industry or even not, sort of within our individual crafts, um, Mm -hmm. can understand the sacrifices it takes just to really be focused and I, in hindsight, also recognize that I was maybe not the best, like, daughter, maybe not the best, um, sister, not the best, like, friend you could rely on to go to dinner and not flake on you because Mm -hmm. uh, things were always coming up, you know, Mm -hmm. like, a job would come up and I would have to take it because I was trying to build my career. Mm -hmm. Um, so I suppose to answer your question, for me, the first and foremost important element was that element of financial stability and foundation. And then beyond that, it was this inherent drive to to do it.
2: Mm. Um,
3: yeah. Where do you
1: think you got that from, that drive?
3: I think my parents, for yeah. sure. <clears throat> genetically, there's got to be something because they, they both, my mom and my dad are both very motivated in their own individual ways. My mm-hmm. mom... Um, they're both retired actually, which is incredible because they're also both relatively young. Congratulations! Um,
1: yeah, yes, I know. Do, like, or what did what did yeah, they do? Totally, they do?
3: mom. Mom owned a flower shop. Mm-hmm. Wow. In Mountain View, California, mm-hmm. called City of Flowers. Mountain View. Wow. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go Google and Apple. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was a small business owner and <clears throat> killed it. It was really hard on her, and she she also definitely is family first but there's an element of her business that was really important to her and she um was really committed
2: mm-hmm.
3: um and then dad is or was a software engineer oh. uh and worked at i think like lattice semiconductor corporation or somewhere something in somewhere California. in san jose <laughs> yeah. yeah one mm-hmm. of the thousands mm-hmm. that exist right now yeah, yeah. um <laughs> and he's he was at the same company or er, not company but the same field for all of his working life. Wow! So that kind of persistence to me, because I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I've been dancing, I've been teaching, I've been, like, I do all kinds of things to make money, but my dad was just like, he was a software engineer Hmm. and he committed himself to all that time.
1: Wow, so interesting. I mean, because... Well, one, your parents sound amazing. Yeah, they are. (laughs) You have, like, the best parents in the world. (laughs) Amen. Hey. Shout out, parents. (laughs) 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 You need to, like, interview your parents right now. (laughs) they have a lot of good things to say. I I bet. Yeah. um, But the interesting thing to me, I mean, you mentioning that your dad has kind of all of his working life done one thing, right? Yeah. And for somebody who has done that their whole life, I would think that they'd be like, so therefore you need to do the same thing or you should do the same thing because that's yeah. the way that this stuff works, right? Or that's how life works. But then for him to be doing that and then be like, you do whatever you feel like you love, but do it well. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But, you know, that's, that's so cool that your parents could be so um, progressive, I guess, you know? Because, uh, yeah. you know, when you immigrate from Asia, like i'm sure you bring a lot of whatever you've grown up with with you Mm -hmm. you know and then you know like for my parents personally like that's exactly what they brought and you know um they never supported me pursuing anything artistically Mm -hmm. in terms of like professionally they always thought it was just a hobby and then you know at some point that it's like okay you should stop that and then go get Mm -hmm. the job and you know the stuff um, that you're supposed to do at this age, and so I've, I've I've had to like battle through that, and then obviously now it's a different story. But yeah, um, yeah, that's so cool that you're that you're able to gain, um, obviously probably the work ethic side, you know, from both of your parents. Um, but like, yeah, like that responsibility. That's like I don't know, it's just good parenting. Oh, <laughs> good yeah. for parenting. sure. Yeah.
2: That's
1: yeah. Shout Thank out you. to your parents. That's I know great. they yeah. rock. Yeah. And I also
3: think it's like. um... There's a there's like a psychological hierarchy. It's like Maslow. I mean, we might, we might have talked about it sort of individually mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Uh, among
3: us, but Maslow's hierarchy is a um, sort of survival pyramid. Yeah. It's like, oh, um, yeah. or like a life pyramid. And mm-hmm. at the very top is self-realization, and all the sort of layers underneath are survival, having mm. to do with like um, safety, community, connection, um, very simple things like food or um, life threats like there's things like that that you have mm-hmm. to overcome before you can really think about self-realization and i mm-hmm. think something that perhaps my my dad and my mom maybe have an acute awareness of is this idea or at least my dad i've talked to him in in detail about this is that he was never able to self-realize through his profession and through his occupation um Obviously, he has a very fulfilling, or I would like to think, fulfilling home life and mm-hmm. family life. But sort of through his work, he was never able to self-realize. And feeling that um, restraint and feeling that like lack of fulfillment in his work, I think also was what um, really inspired that in his children Mm, wow. because he he was just fully concerned with survival and fully concerned with um, creating a stable life and that was as high as he could go on that pyramid Um, but then for you know myself and my brother he's always been a very big advocate of you know doing what you're passionate about sort of that very top topmost part of the pyramid Um, so I think maybe having experienced the lack of Mm Um, even though he was killing it at his job yeah. as a mm-hmm. you know, software engineer, he he was I think he wanted to be like an architect or a pilot or something, but wow. he couldn't because of his whatever the the organization in Taiwan, he couldn't study that. And so um maybe he just was like, I don't ever want my my children to feel this way. and so hmm. it was very, very um
0: selfless. Ap- yeah, <laughs> yeah, very selfless, selfless yeah. in that way. It was yeah. so cool. I feel that too. I feel like my parents were also. On that same line of um just realization in the sense that it was just purely survival and like yeah. having a home mm-hmm. having food for your kids because my dad always would always tell me too is like you can be whatever you want I've, i don't really have a plan for you just whatever you like you mm-hmm. know and so that, re- that really makes
1: a lot of sense for me too
3: yeah cool
1: yeah yeah that's awesome um so i i feel like so dance uh you doing like industry work and dancing you know with artists and all that kind of stuff did you um like at an early age within your dance career kind of were you teaching too or did that come later in in your career
3: i started choreographing um like solos for kids Mm. my my younger Mm um or I was senior to them. Anyways, uh, yeah, I started choreographing solos first. Mm-hmm. We had a really great, uh, student choreography program at the, the company that I grew up dancing in. Um, teen dance company no longer exists, but mm-hmm. it was really excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I first choreographed a group number. I think I was a junior in high school, maybe a sophomore. Um, and I, and I found that I didn't like it actually.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I wasn't really interested. I would get really anxious <laughs> when I had to be in the creative space. And yeah. So, um, for much of my yeah for much of the time after that sort of in college um I actually did teach I started teaching more once I got back from tour in 2013 I was Mm -hmm. like I've gotta I gotta use my time somehow Mm -hmm. so I started subbing at Edge Performing Arts Center in 2013 Mm -hmm. um and the very first few classes I still remember I was so not aware of creating an environment for my students and um was just purely focused on on the physical moves. Yeah. Um, mm. and in hindsight I can sort of recognize all the different yeah. things that I did yeah. wrong yeah. <laughs> as a teacher. Hey, your choreography yeah.
4: was great. I've actually filmed a, f- a few of her videos.
2: Wow.
3: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Your choreography was amazing. Um. thanks, Mike Fa. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I, I have to agree with Mike Fa. Your choreography is very amazing. I would um. watch it on Instagram. It's like <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: In the world? Oh, I would I'm have to agree that. with Mike and Charlie as well. <laughs> your oh choreography gosh. is <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's just a Well, wow, three for three!
3: Here. Oh my but gosh, I do, I, uh, I'm blushing. I do want to yeah. mention
4: something. I noticed that in your whole uh, industry breakdown, you didn't mention uh, an artist that you danced for.
3: Totally, yeah. So, um, let's see. Nicki, Nicki Minaj was the first tour that I did. Later that year, uh, I auditioned for... Lady Gaga for the VMAs and I did the VMAs with her which was amazing Mm -hmm. sort of around the same time um I auditioned for Kanye's tour, Yeezus, Mm -hmm. and then kind of hopped onto that.
4: Um, Wow. So you were on Kanye's tour? I was on Kanye's (laughs) tour. If any of you
3: saw that, there wasn't a lot of dancing, I will say. It was a lot of standing. I wish. No, (laughs) we got very few free things, actually, if not zero. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be clear. (laughs) uh, Come on, Kanye. (laughs) I know. I know. You said it was a lot of standing? It was a lot of standing and sitting. lifted him at one point
1: wow um, is Kanye heavy
3: uh, you know it was distributed among oh, me okay. and then 19 other like okay, okay, women okay, so I think women maybe we each only had about 10 10- I don't know how much it is, but maybe 10 (laughs) pounds or so. Maybe, yeah, yeah, 19 times 20. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Try to do that (laughs) math. Quadratic formula. Totally, yeah. (laughs) 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 Square root somewhere. Square root. Um, And then after that, I was lucky to be invited on the Lady Gaga tour, so I was out with her for sort of the rest of 2014.
2: Mm -hmm. Came back
3: 2015, and that's actually when um, sort of my desire to be – Uh, more creative came about Mm. it was around that time or during that year that I teamed up with my friend Selena and we started this um, I hated improv like I hated freestyling I just always felt super uncomfortable Um, and I was like I'm gonna work on this Mm -hmm. so we teamed up and decided to do a little series together where I would freestyle to any given song and then um, she would film it because she was also practicing Mm -hmm. her um, camera skills Mm -hmm. and um we call that Mood Mondays because the day that we got together was a Monday. Oh, and I love like, those. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I We've love been on those. kind of a hiatus. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> those are always
4: hey, so cool. Go yeah, back to them. Yeah. Totally.
3: I know, we got to get back to our roots. Yeah. Um, but that was almost four years ago, and that sort of created um, a different spark in me in terms of wanting to um, compose my own work, yeah. compose my own movement. Um, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned
1: mm-hmm. that... Um, you know teaching is a whole other skill to develop Mm -hmm. if you have a bunch of cool dance moves doesn't mean you're going to be a good teacher Mm -hmm. right so um i guess as you developed your choreography and then started getting classrooms to teach them in um what was i guess what was the the mental or the mentality that you started to find in in those uh experiences where you felt like Hey, I need to. I need to do something more than teach cool moves. Like, mm. what was that like?
3: <clears throat> I think the. I think the breaking point for me, because I think I still had that sense of urgency to push movement out until until I started teaching on convention. Actually, because mm. even convention teaching, that's so different from teaching here sure. or at mm-hmm. Edge sure. or at ML or anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like there's children. Mm-hmm. There's like children children i teach um the youngest is 5 to 7 wow and then in convention the oldest is like 15 to 18 that's the oldest age bracket for us mm-hmm. and to me teaching children is the hardest thing you have to do mm-hmm. because there's an element <laughs> of engagement sure yeah. children they don't they don't hide their um tiredness they don't hide if they're bored they don't <laughs> yeah. hide if they don't like you yeah. they're just they're very candid with mm-hmm. their like Experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh,
2: I think (laughs) there'd
0: be times when Mike would have to teach uh, mini shock, and he would show up, and he'd be like. I just down two Red Bulls. Let's go.
2: <laughs> 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 oh, Dang. Yes, it's yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, wow. I have to
3: try and find, I mean, I don't drink Red Bull, so I'm like, yeah. I have to try try and find, like, some element yeah. Of, yeah. of connection. Yep. And yep. I think that's when I first realized that connecting is so important in class. Mm. If you're five or if you're 50, like, if you can connect with people and make them feel comfortable and make them feel interested. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, sort of when I look at it now on a broader scale everything is like that even mm. within just regular academic school mm-hmm. some of the most boring subjects that I had in college were the most interesting because I loved my professors mm.
0: Mm. That's I tight. think I
3: took like a um history of los angeles economics or something it was very just bland <laughs> topic and i ended up doing a whole like honors research paper on it because wow. my professor was really cool and yeah. she just like made it so interesting for me yeah <laughs> but i digress yeah. um i think to me teaching on convention was when i noticed i was like i can't just like kids this five-year-old doesn't care that i'm teaching them you know parallel and turned out mm-hmm. like they don't care but yeah. if, I, I, if i can make it interesting for right. them they're gonna really want to you know, dance that s out of this. You know, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's like, yeah. how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then through sort of that energy, sort of funneled into my older classes too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then now my focus is to create a space because I don't, I don't consider my movement at all classical contemporary. Mm-hmm. I don't consider it classical jazz. I'm not teaching anybody fundamentals, and so mm-hmm. for those who are really unfamiliar with my movement vocabulary, they can also feel really uncomfortable or Mm -hmm. nervous and my focus is always just to create that atmosphere and environment in which they can learn and experiment Mm. and research because that that to me is what my movement is yeah
1: wow wow so you went from being able to teach kids which is like as you mentioned super hard because you have to you're not a kid anymore so it's hard Mm -hmm. for you to just think like a kid but you got to be like shoot i got to get into their space um and then to take that into adult you know uh classrooms and um you also created a sort of an experience uh called in session right with you and sora yang yeah um can you walk us through like how that was birthed like how how were you guys inspired to create that Mm. And um, can you also kind of just walk us through, like, what that experience was?
3: Absolutely. So, Sora and I met, uh, I think it was the end of her senior year, mm-hmm. and she went to USC, also studied business, mm-hmm. wow. um, and we connected immediately on our experiences kind of moving through college and then dancing at the same time. Um, we had very different and varying experiences in terms of um where she came up in her career and how she came up in her career. Mm. And um, we've been friends since then. This is like 2013, 2012, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, we were roommates, actually, for a bit of time. Mm-hmm. And then I went on tour and then I had to leave. And But we've been friends since then. And uh, we connected one day talking about uh, the, the, uh, the dance scene and how it's really grown uh in terms of kids who are in college settings or, or academic settings and wanting to continue to um be a part of the dance community mm. uh whether or not they want to do it professionally or recreationally there's just a really big interest in dance and very few have just like we did they or we did not. Just like we did not. Mm-hmm. They don't have resources or people to help guide them through mm-hmm. that that experience mm-hmm. because some of them have parents who aren't supportive of dance, mm-hmm. um, who want them to just focus on on their academics sure. or you know professional careers or whatever. And so we ta- we kind of connected on that that idea that we really just had to figure things out ourselves. Mm. And there was an inherent drive within both of us to to figure it out. And those are some very unique skills um, that we felt like we could talk about Mm -hmm. and could share experiences on um, and also to help other people in situations like we were in to understand that they're not alone in that Mm -hmm. and that there are maybe some tools that can help them through um, their journeys and so we created In Session as a place for people who are in college who want to pursue dance in either a recreational or professional way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the whole day was organized uh, mostly um, seminar-styled, seminar-styled classes. Mm -hmm. And then Sora and I each taught one, like, physical movement class. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the seminars, we talked a lot about, I think one of them was strictly time management, how both of us... Um, were able to do all the things that we wanted to do um, and the resources that we used in order to accomplish that. Mm. Uh, Another one was um, like professional um, professional opportunities Mm -hmm. and how to access those by way of Um, like agents and Mm -hmm. what agents are, what they do for you, what they don't do for you. Mm. Um, We talked about our training, like how, what classes we took, Mm -hmm. why we took them. Um, And it's, to me, it's a little challenging because that school dance environment is constantly changing. And so it's like, we're talking about something that's changing in real time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all of our experiences, while they were very relevant 10 years ago, right.
2: Like, mm.
3: now the environment could be completely different. And it yeah, is completely yeah, different. So yeah. we always sort of started out, started off with that caveat. Like, we're going to share with you our experience. And we we think we can help help you through specific situations. But we also don't know everything. We're not professionals. Sure. And the environment has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And so what oh. we say might not even make sense to you and your situation. Um, but it was a really special special uh, workshop, we Mm -hmm. held it here at Kinja's Dojo, (laughs) and it was (laughs) awesome, Um, we felt really connected to all the participants, Uh, we ended with a question and answer session, Mm -hmm. which in retrospect could have been way longer, um, Mm. because I think that's maybe what was also most beneficial for a lot of people, was getting their specific questions answered, Um, but we did that about a year ago, and both Sora and I have been sort of in our own on our own journeys yeah, and doing all sorts of different busy. things. Yeah. Um, but we've talked about doing it again in L.A., mm-hmm. bringing it to San Diego, and That's then also awesome. bringing it to San Francisco. Yeah, wow. I think
1: that is amazing because that just, to my knowledge, that doesn't exist or mm-hmm. it hasn't until you guys did it. Um, what was the, like, I you guys took applicants, like people applied to, you know, be a part of this experience?
3: Yes, we had a very short um, application sort of paper mm-hmm. um you know all the very basic things your name age what school you go to etc why you want to do the program we also asked them to submit a um uh, a video of themselves dancing mm. uh, because we also wanted to try and average people's abilities
2: mm-hmm.
3: um yeah because we yeah. we want to uh, try and tailor what we say to those who are yeah, of a specific... Sure, yeah. like at a
1: certain level where they
0: can... Where they can
3: understand sure. and yeah, yeah physically mm, awesome. and otherwise.
0: And not just there because it's like, oh, I thought this was just a session.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, are we taking class or what? Where's Why are we the talking DJ? So What's <laughs> going on? <laughs> Is this the cypher? Totally. <laughs>
1: That's really cool because, I mean, when you mentioned that, um, you know, the stuff that you, you guys were talking about were things that you had experienced in your, say, college, uh, you know, time... Um, But currently, it probably looks a lot differently because the world constantly changes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, yeah, like the Internet changed the world and will forever change it and do it so fast. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like uh, things like that, things like uh, a platform like podcasting, These are, I feel like, tools that because we have the internet and, like, access to so many things that, like, at our fingertips, you know, we can look up anything on YouTube, find a tutorial on how to do anything, really, Mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, you can get on a podcast, look up anything, and I'm sure there's going to be at least, like, 10 podcasts on any given subject. Mm -hmm. But I think what's cool is um, for you to create a... um, an actual hands-on experience, like uh, encouraging people to step into a space, apply, send a video, mm-hmm. write down what, uh, whatever it is, you know, um, why you want to do this and stuff. And I think that's really important, um, especially in, in our current time, because I think uh, what you're doing is encouraging people to get off your butts, get out of your house, and go, mm-hmm. go find um, the knowledge that you want by putting yourself out there.
2: Mm.
1: Um, though I think these things are great. Um, YouTube is great. It's, uh, you know, I think what will never die is that actual, um, you physically getting up to go find something, you know yeah. what I mean? So I think what you guys created with that, um, was really cool. I mean, that's like a different type of schooling that you're not going to get at your college. Maybe, Not yet, but maybe in the future they they will offer something like that because of things like this that you start, you know, so I love I love that that you guys created that. Um, But you mentioned you guys are going to try to do another couple sessions in a few other cities and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, yeah, we definitely have to organize together. Um, we're very behind on doing that. Sora, if you're listening, let's get together. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's definitely, like you said, a very worthwhile endeavor. Mm-hmm. And I know that for myself, um, I don't see myself dancing. I see myself dancing forever, but not for money, like mm-hmm. professionally forever. Mm-hmm. Even choreographing i enjoy it but i to me there's something bigger and greater that i'm yeah. reaching for mm. and uh somewhere down the line i'm hoping to get my master's uh in dance so that i can't teach at a university or something that's like awesome. that and yeah, to totally offer to a program like this mm-hmm. is to me very um necessary mm-hmm. and uh, could be something that's that you'll see at you know your mm. local schools yeah that's awesome uh, that'd be great
1: that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we'll see yeah. 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 Totally. yeah do you have like mentors in your life or people that you look up to or pick their brains
3: i i very often talk to my dad mm-hmm. about things um i mean there's so many people i'm inspired by sure. my parents for sure mm-hmm. um I'm always, I'm always chatting with Marissa and Will, who direct Entity, mm-hmm. um, and there's so many people that I'm inspired, I'm like, yeah, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah, who yeah, else yeah, do yeah. I, no, and I think also for me, um, uh, there are different places and different people that I seek out when I'm Inquiring about something specific, so mm. um, I very recently just had a chat with Liz Imperio, who also teaches on Hollywood Vibe, the mm. convention I teach for, um, just about industry stuff and how mm. how our community is shifting and what to do about it and things like that. And she had a lot of very insightful things to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: That's cool. (laughs) Um, In terms of, uh, let's say, creating, uh, Mm. like uh, choreographing, um, what do you do for, uh, one, what do you do for inspiration, and two, what do you do when you're not inspired?
3: Mm. I think I'm always, I'm constantly trying to search for things that I'm curious about Mm -hmm. um, and that either I'm, that I'm unskilled in, and I'm curious about. So mm. that's um, two two indicators of um, inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. So very recently, um, just within the last two years, I've been very invested in uh, taking Gaga classes, mm. which Gaga is uh, a movement research um, like contemporary improv. Mm. Mm idea it's not really a technique so Mm -hmm. they say it's really just movement research very Mm -hmm. imagery based um having to do with your physical body and i discovered this years ago through my friend who danced for a company out in israel called bat sheva and um it didn't really strike me then actually four years ago but um I think I was personally looking for a way to approach movement differently because I think I understand form Mm -hmm. having done a lot of like commercial industry dance. I understand sort of mimicking form very well, Mm -hmm. but I wanted something to guide my movement process differently as opposed to just looking a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to really feel something. And so I think that's where Gaga came in because it's very imagery and sensory based. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've been, I've been trying to consistently get into those classes, those intensives, Mm. um, and that's really informed my movement process, Mm -hmm. um, I'm also very highly inspired by music, Mm. um, and I love all different kinds of music, I love very indie, indie stuff, alternative, synth pop, dream pop, um. I actually just choreographed to like a violin instrumental from the McQueen uh, <laughs> documentary, and it was like really dramatic. Ah. Um, I think I can, I think I can be very inspired by music, but then also um, the the desire to research specific physical physical ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when I'm not inspired. I try to do something different. Um, I try to change up a pathway, um, Mm -hmm. not physically, but sort of change up what I do. So if I, you know, if I've been taking, um, I don't know, if I've been taking one class for too long and I'm like, wow, this is, I need a shift. Maybe Mm -hmm. I might step into a different class that I haven't taken in a while. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Um, Or if that day I was going to go to the park and read. Maybe I decide that I'm actually going to go to my rooftop and read mm-hmm. and kind of change up a, a physical pathway, right. not having to do with dance to see if that triggers something different. Um, mm. Wow. in my body
0: speaking of movement I think uh, I remember talking to a few kinjas after watching some of your Instagram videos and we yeah. established that you're team ISO <laughs> <laughs> yes
2: yeah. um, yeah. this is your, your
0: formal welcome uh, <gasps> oh, welcome to the team here is your <laughs> she, she will always yours. be <laughs> a part <laughs> okay. she will always be a part of team group though yeah she, she's, she's Groove, but lately it's, it's, it's lately uh, it's been a lot of ISO it's a lot of ISO and we've seen it so <laughs> i love it team thank ISO. you so
3: much I'm however
4: i mean she can move well on the floor as well so oh team be like f- your sister?
0: <laughs> sister she's everywhere we need, we need a better name for floor floor we call team it floor. floor bros floor bros because it's, that's what we call them we, sure, we sure. could say team floor that's a team little bit floor. more. That's I'm much sure. better. We'll, we'll, let's figure
2: it out. We'll figure, it, we'll we'll figure that, well, that out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll that out. Yeah. Let's yeah. yeah, yeah. put a pin in that. Yeah. Let's get back to that yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so you mentioned uh, that dance is something that you plan to kind of carry on, like the long haul, even if you're not necessarily performing, mm-hmm. and um, but getting into teaching and stuff like that. So do you feel like? Um, dance will like kind of forever be with you in that way
3: absolutely That's absolutely awesome. i think um the greatest indicator of that to me is sort of teaching on convention these mm-hmm. last this is my fourth season uh that is the kind of stability that i never had while i was doing um industry work yeah. so i was going gig to gig freelance and then teaching on convention was like the very first thing that gave me like a steady paycheck really, yeah which yeah. was has been so nice and Mm -hmm. what I discovered through that was because I had that financial stability I could really research the things that I was interested in even Mm -hmm. if I didn't think that they would serve me on an industry level I think that's what was challenging for me in terms of my training Um, I was always interested in the classes I was taking that's not definitely not what I mean to say but I think that um, I'm able now to research more the abstract and maybe the things that might not show up as much, you know, on the TV screen or on, you know, a tour, um, ideas and classes that, um, yeah, that really are engaging to me at mm-hmm. this point in my life. And, mm. um, I was thinking to myself recently that, um, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not dancing to make money as much. Mm -hmm. I'm still lucky to do some industry stuff here and there, but I'm not focused on making that my end all be all. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas most of my money is coming from teaching and choreographing. Uh, I recognize that that might be sort of how my life unfolds through time, that I'll find sort of a, God, you know, hopefully, um, I'll find something that'll help me maintain a financial um, foundation yeah. and then continue exploring things physically that I really love doing, even if I'm not doing, doing it to make money. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
4: That's so. dope.
1: That's really cool. That's dope. I strangely um,
4: understand that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Growing, sure. yeah. sure. yeah. growing
2: up, growing
3: up. Yeah. I know. I'm almost oh, thirty. <laughs>
2: almost. Oh my God! <laughs> 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 hmm, let me reevaluate my I've audience. Yeah. <laughs> <me. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a yeah. sec. It's a yeah. turning point. Yeah, <laughs> it really is a turning yeah. point.
1: Thirty's great. Thirty's really good. Oh, um, do you have like outside of dance uh, aspirations? Like, I mean, so like you said from not doing so much of the physical side of it to be more, you know, mentality training. And then, you know, when it, you get into teaching, but not um, not in the same spaces, I don't ma- imagine you're gonna be de- like teaching on convention forever and stuff Mm-mm. like that. But then whether it be at the university level or stuff like that, but um, I guess, uh, yeah. Uh, things that are just not dance, do you feel like you're starting to kind of focus on?
3: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I I feel like I've never... I definitely believe for myself um, that there is something greater than where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that, or I don't want to believe or want this sort of to be the peak of my, my um, application of leadership skills and organizational skills. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe that there's something sort of that I'm still working towards. Yeah. Uh, but I've also strangely i've been definitely goal oriented and goal driven but i've never had like specific things that i Mm -hmm. wanted to do and i i'm driven more by the present moment and Mm -hmm. acting uh fully and um earnestly in that moment Mm -hmm. so i'm very open to things that might come my way and opportunities that might come my way that'll that'll utilize my skill set in a different way Mm. i'm personally just not sure what that is yet Mm. um but i do i do want my abilities to be pushed even more Mm -hmm. um and not that i'm just like sitting around and waiting but i'm still also trying to sort out through what i have right now like where i can pull all these things together Mm. and uh, apply them mm. yeah i'm not sure what that is if you That's guys no. know <laughs> cool. hit me it, with an email it, 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 <laughs> we don't even know yeah <laughs> <laughs> no nah, this is really
1: good because I, I mean i ask because like i think we're all kind of in that space of um figuring it out mm. you know and um and i guess i also want to ask you in terms of the way that you process, like, are you sort of a internal processor with, like, these sorts of thoughts? Or do you um, bounce these ideas off of, like, you know, a circle of friends or a community for yourself to kind of be like, hey, what are you into these days? Or, like, hmm. what are you thinking about? Or what are you struggling with? or You know what I mean? Just because yeah. I, I think I, I personally um, am figuring it out still, too. Hmm. And I feel like every... You know, maybe I don't know how it looks like on a day to day level, but like, you know, month to month, year to year, I do see like I, I, I am kind of going in this direction right now. I mm. don't even know what that really looks like when I get there. But what matters is that it's happening. Right. Yeah. So um, for yourself, like, do you kind of process these sort of thoughts um, internally by yourself or do you have like a, a circle that you kind of bounce around with?
3: I think I'm a hybrid of the two. Yeah. I think I internalize and 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 am introspective mm-hmm. um, for a bit of time, and I, I journal mm-hmm. um, ideas or th- even things that just kind of pop out. I always jot down. Um, that helps pen to paper. It really helps me to like, I don't know think even more clearly sometimes. Mm-hmm, and nice. then and then at times when there are ideas or thoughts that I really want to suss out, I'll 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 talk with somebody about them and Mm -hmm. just kind of see what how they're thinking or how they're feeling um like immediately within my my like grouping of friends i my really close friend is kent boyd Mm -hmm. who also teaches me with me uh on hollywood vibe and he has a very passionate and open perspective on life and Hmm. i'm always interested and curious to know what he has to say um and again, I'll bring up my dad. I always talk yeah. to him about stuff. Totally. We go for, when I go home, I try to go home to the Bay Area once a month. Um, we wow. go on walks oh, after wow. lunch. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like a good way to keep the body moving after totally. eating. And um, we'll talk about all sorts of things. And a lot of the, so, you know, sometimes the things that I'm thinking about organically come up. Mm. Um, or sometimes I'll just be like, hey, dad. He asks me actually all the time what are you going to do with your life? (laughs) I'm like, I'm I'm dead. I'm doing it now.
2: Now it's like. (laughs) I I thought you you know,
4: you don't, you
1: don't see. Okay. (laughs) He's like, no,
3: what are you, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm okay. You're right. I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do.
1: Yeah. But I think that's a, that like, as much as that could be, it could be annoying. Like, why do you keep asking me that question? Like you see what I'm doing, but. I think that's also good to be asked the questions that make us feel, it could make us feel uncomfortable or frustrated because like, dude, you keep asking me the same thing and mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure it out. But I think it's, it's always gonna somehow keep it um, fresh and, and like the motivation kind of lit, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I think, um, you know, at least for myself, if I, don't, if I don't do a lot of self-check and if I don't ask myself those hard questions, Uh, I could go on like this autopilot, you know, and just kind of cruise. Not to say there's anything wrong with that because I think there is, I think it's good to cruise sometimes. It's good to like take the pressure off of yourself to kind of let yourself breathe a little bit and, you know, kind of just, uh, you know, kind of regain yourself so that you can kind of kick it into high gear again, you know, when it's time. But. Um, but yeah, like for your dad, I mean, I'm giving your dad so much credit cause he just seems like a really awesome guy. <laughs> so I feel like he knows there's a good reason why he's probably asking you that. Like, yeah. what are you going to do with your life? It, like, it's not like he doesn't remember the last time he asked you, you know, <laughs> totally. But he's going to keep asking you, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool.
3: And you bring up something really interesting. Actually, I started reading this book called how to change your mind Ooh. by Michael Pollan. And it's about, um, it's actually a lot about psychedelics and hmm. changing, um, like your neural pathways and mm. how psychedelics facilitate that. But I mean, the whole the whole idea of the book is um, that as humans, we naturally go into this state of finding efficiency. And mm-hmm. the way we find efficiency is through um, familiarity and going, going through your day or going through whatever course of action the same way that you've done before.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, while that is really important for humans, that efficiency, and there's definitely, like you said, a value to it, mm-hmm. Um, it can also make us very, there's a quote in the book that I really love. Um, it can make our ability to stay attentive. Uh, it can make it atrophy, Mm, something like mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. but it's this idea that we just kind of go about our day, very monotonous, monotonously, like you said, um, like autopilot. And, um, and then suddenly we're not really reacting in a present or, um, in a present way. And so I, I, that to me is really interesting, like how we can sort of like be a little bit more awake and be a little bit more, um, present in every moment so Mm -hmm. that we can kind of problem solve differently and, um, kind of change our perspective on things that we might always just think, Oh yeah, you know, X, Y, and Z is Mm -hmm. the same thing as Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. Mm. But, um, but yeah, so you bring up something that I'm, I'm reading about right now, which That's I find awesome. very interesting. Is like how to change up what you're doing or even just your perspective on how you see things yeah. so that you can maybe be more creative or find a solution differently. Or mm-hmm.
1: mm. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, f- uh, so as a teacher in in a lot of like dance classroom settings, I'm sure students come up to you all the time and ask you a ton of questions, right? And I'm mm. sure one of those questions would probably be like, give me some advice give me a tip you know mm. and um those questions are always hard to answer uh sufficiently in that moment totally because it's you know it's like there's like 20 other students that also want to talk to you and it's like you guys mm-hmm. just finished dancing but if you were to have this moment now to give um any sort of advice uh to that student who asked you that question how would you kind of answer that
3: Hmm. I suppose it would kind of depend on what the focus of the class was. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the times I'll stress clarity in form because that to me is of utmost importance. Um, first and foremost, before you can layer in emotional connection, um, textural complexity, like before any of that, like form is the most important um, in terms of like what your shapes look like mm-hmm. relative to my shape. Um, Technique also, mm-hmm. technique never goes out of style. So you might be taking my class, which is like contemporary fusion, but also understand that my background is classic jazz. Mm. I'm a jazz dancer. Mm. Like you give me a eight, eight counts of like jazz and it just, it's so natural to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that technical foundation is really important when you're trying to catch on to the iterations of dance that mm. a lot of kids are learning these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, clarity and form, technique. Those are the two sort of basic things that any young or any dancer should continue to train in. It's not something that you master at right. a young age and then that's it. It's kind of like a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that in class, a lot of a lot of dancers um, get really uh, f- sometimes hyper focused on what it looks like Mm. as opposed to what something feels like Mm.
2: Um, Mm -hmm. and
3: I've been challenging myself to be out of the mirror a lot more so instead of kind of looking at myself in the eyes and looking at my body I'll bring my gaze to where like the the Um, mirror meets the ceiling or like Mm. the space above it and to instead of like to kind of imagine my body but then to also understand the sensations like where things feel strong where things feel extra soft or if I'm attaching the right sensation to what I see like Mm -hmm. if the choreographer or teacher is like moving a certain way I've tried to understand if I'm understanding that my body is also not only mimicking but feeling something Hmm. um and that's sort of like the extra for me like if you're really wanting a kind of challenge or like how you can improve maybe something to experiment with just like take it outside of yourself for a second and see if you can feel something
1: Mm. wow
3: um
1: that's great
0: yeah, some
3: some things great. that I'm work- constantly working on technique, form, and when
1: you said the whole like looking at the space between the mirror and the ceiling, my eyes definitely just went <laughs> <from the> <laughs> right now it's I've, that? I've never done totally. That I mean, sometimes <laughs> it can be
3: distracting because then your eye line is really high. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but in a
4: that, sense, that's that helps good. you keep your chin up. Yeah, too, that right? that totally. Yeah. Up. Yeah. yeah. I try to like uh, keep my gaze like actually like to the side of myself and behind so I can see the shape uh so everything kind of blurs out yeah. that's why when people correct me on things and i don't really know i don't really understand what they're saying it's like yeah. what did it, what did i do again yeah because i was just looking <laughs> at my shape i wasn't actually looking at what i was doing
2: Whoa. totally yeah. So interesting yeah everybody totally. has a different way
1: of like because i you mentioned the like looking at your eyes in the mirror i don't for some reason i don't ever look at my eyes in the mirror i really. wow. look everything below <laughs> <What>? <laughs> weird. Yeah. oh that's so interesting yeah it's so mm. weird but maybe wow. i need to try that what do you do, Charlie? <laughs> yeah, what do you do? Uh,
3: uh, my eyes are closed. <laughs> <laughs> I take my glasses oh. off, I can't
0: see. Yeah, that's actually what it is. Oh, yeah. really? When um, I use my glasses to learn the form and like take the form, and then that's when I'm like trying to get all my pictures right. Yeah. And then when it's like time to do music, and I'm like, all right, here we go. I take off my glasses, and then I cool. focus on the feeling cool yeah, um, yeah be- so because you can't see. Because, like, <laughs> because can't see yeah like in lyle's class yesterday like it was already hard to see so oh i was like goodness. okay uh, this is gonna be very difficult <laughs> and then uh, and then when, it, when he starts like jumping i was like okay here we go i took off my glasses yeah. and i was just trying to find it and it's always a, you know it's always a journey yeah. but i think Uh, What you said about like keeping your gaze up, that's something that I got to practice too. Because I I have a tendency to just like look down and just like look. I'm not even looking down because I'm like embarrassed. I'm looking down because I'm trying to feel everything. Totally. Totally. That's it for me too. Yeah.
3: That's really awesome. That's cool actually tips. something that I've learned through taking Gaga class. Mm. Um, this idea that you can, because they say to never close your eyes. This idea that you can keep your eyes open and still feel. Whoa! So like when you're when you're looking at something, like can you still attach to a sensation even though you're sort of you're. F- um, Vi- sense of vision is taking in something but your sense sensation like the feeling is taking in something else mm-hmm. and that's sort of the complexity of it like sort of like multitasking within your body I got like chills that's really
1: good nice. really solid tips
2: this, right right this
4: is like like Gaga cost like Gaga? Uh, Ga- <laughs> Lady Gaga, right? Lady not Gaga. Not Lady Gaga. <laughs> like although I'm sure is she... Yeah. <laughs> she
3: was great in that movie. But, yes, uh, she yeah. is an incredible woman. I'm sure she has a lot of incredible things to teach, yeah. but not Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> not Lady Gaga. She, yeah, this is... Uh, yeah, a different, a different class. So the young, cool. but yeah. um,
0: I didn't take that class. I remember someone telling me about that class. Yes, Mike, I've been trying Mike to get Mike it, to Mike go. Song. Yes, yeah, he came with me one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Someone like... Um, like, imagine a, a boulder weighing you down. I actually totally. used those kind of concepts recently, just, like, trying to just imagine things like yeah. that in that kind of realm. I should go take that class. You should. Yeah, I think Kinjas all need hey, to go,
1: go take that class. And you guys
3: no, should you do a take trip. trip. Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you guys would done. really enjoy it because it's... I, I remember talking to Anthony about this, actually, when we were in China. We... We just had one day where we were like making up moves and teaching mm-hmm. each other That's things. That's when you
1: were Team ISO. That
0: That's be- when
3: I was Team ISO. Oh, yeah, I saw that yeah.
1: video. You guys were like in a hotel room, like, was, totally like, sitting down on <laughs> bed. <laughs> yes,
3: yeah. yes. Yeah. It was a long nice day. Straight. That was like
0: my first time I saw it. I was like, oh. Oh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the team, <laughs> Karen. Welcome, welcome to the team. Thank you. Yeah. I can't wait for the induction ceremony.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very seriously, <laughs> my mask size is small. Extra Thank you. Small. You've already been. You've already
4: been in an Anthony, uh, Anthony Lee video. Oh yeah. Huh. You've already been in an Anthony Lee video. Starion. Oh
1: yeah. Star Yeah. Oh, the trio. Yeah, the yeah, trio. Yeah yeah, yeah. That that in the yeah. yeah, yeah. That was Maggie and Sora right? That was
0: a banger. I love that. that yeah. And had
3: long hair back then.
0: Yeah, you did. Your Whoa. hair was super
3: long. Yeah. Dang. Whoa. memories. memories. Link in the show notes. Link to the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: fun. Well, if it's cool, we want to do a lightning round with you. Ooh.
3: Oh my gosh, I'm nervous. <laughs> uh, I'm Mike. Cl- it's fun. My palms fun are sweaty. and easy.
1: So uh, we're going to fire off questions okay. off the top of your head. Um, you can elaborate if you want, but then point is to try to just like boom, boom, boom. Okay. So here we go. Oh, we have lightning round sounds, right? So I'm going to leave that space here. Yeah. There's a lightning sound there. <laughs> <laughs> lightning round of three, two, one. Uh, what was your favorite dance job?
3: Dance on sunset.
1: Ooh, wow. Uh, what
0: is good. one tip for young females? Any tip.
3: Um. Don't be afraid to let your true self shine.
0: Wow. Coolest artist that you've
4: had an interaction with?
3: Lady Gaga. Oh. Wow.
1: I could see that. Favorite dance project not job related? Not job related. Like, not an industry job.
3: Oh, my gosh. Um. I choreographed a video on myself, Marissa Osato, and Diana Schoenfeld about two years ago. We were in a warehouse, and... I really liked uh, experimenting with dance on camera.
0: Ooh, Ooh. Ooh. good stuff. Um, what is a tip for someone who's interested in jumping in the industry?
3: Um, make sure you understand your financial situation. Wow, wow.
0: Favorite character in a
4: book or movie?
3: <sighs> Totoro.
2: Oh, t- <laughs> oh He's so cute. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no disagreement here. Um, classroom pet peeve.
3: Classroom pet peeve when I'm teaching or when I'm taking? Uh how yes. about when you're teaching? <laughs> when I'm teaching, talking. Wow. Ah, uh, when the kids. when students are talking. Yeah, when kids are talking.
0: Pay attention specifically kids. Yeah. kids. <laughs> what yeah. about what about when you're taking class?
3: When I'm taking, um Spatial awareness, or the oh, lack yeah. thereof. Ah, huge. Yeah. Very good. I'm going to keep
0: going. What is a tip for freestyle?
3: A tip for freestyle? Um, or improv. Be patient and listen
0: mm. to yourself
3: and also to the music if Ooh. it's that kind of a freestyle.
0: Wow.
4: Dang. Favorite uh, cuisine?
3: Sushi, Ooh. Oh, oh. Japanese. Got <laughs> <laughs> that.
0: It wasn't food; it was cuisine. Cuisine. Yeah. Yeah. She corrected herself so I was like, I was gonna say lean. <laughs> <laughs> lean
2: <laughs> cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It yeah.
1: good. Um, what's like the most challenging uh, either moment or time period in your life?
3: Oh man, um, the most challenging time period of my life was the time after I came back from tour. 2015 to 2016 was a big um were big years of growth for me. Mm-hmm. I actually went to Bali for a month mm. to try and find myself
2: for, wow. for a month. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually
3: there for a yoga uh teaching <laughs> certification. <laughs> I was like, "Holy moly, a month." Yeah, what I mean? was in Asia for two, for ba- in Bali for one wow, and amazing. um I was trying to work through some personal things, perhaps something that I could elaborate on later wow. mm. um, part 2 okay huh part 2 yeah <laughs> uh, yeah part <laughs> <Okay>. 2 yeah <laughs> but um working through some really challenging things in my personal life yeah. and um went away and was able to focus on myself for for all that time and through yoga and the spiritual element of it and the self-reflection element of it um mm. came away with a very different perspective so i think all the years prior to that were 2015 2016 sort of challenging two years
0: Gotcha. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, well, what is a book that has changed your life and that you would recommend to your fellow uh, peers?
3: Oh my gosh. Um, okay. I. I'm reading this book that I I talked about, um, How to Change Your Mind. I am not done with it yet, so I Mm. won't fully recommend it. Mm. One book that I really love is The Sympathizer. Mm. Uh, It's about a double agent during the Vietnam War who uh, is like on the north side, but like technically not. Mm -hmm. And um, he's hypercritical of American culture and it's really funny, but also like really intense. Mm. Yeah, what he points out about... um, Like American materialism and uh, our sense of democracy and freedom, it's really like, whoa! It's Hmm. yeah. Write that down. Sympathizer. Sympathizer. Wow. Uh,
1: How do you define success?
3: I define success um, by the balance you're able to create in fulfilling your own dreams, as well as facilitating the fulfillment of the dreams of people that you care about.
1: Whoa.
2: Holy crap. Oh that, that, is the, <laughs> that is the deepest <laughs> <was> definition ever. <laughs> I think that is the d- definition that's now. The Officially, it is the definition of success. So let's uh, that
3: erase the actual definition. <laughs> <is>. <laughs> We're going to replace that. Wikipedia. Yeah, we can put that in Urban Dictionary if you want Yeah, <laughs> Urban yeah maybe Urban like Dictionary. the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the unofficial, yeah.
1: Urban
0: dance addiction. <laughs> wow, we,
1: we're gonna develop funny. that one. Hey, that's hey, hey, hey. we're gonna develop we put that, that on the slack. T-
3: yes, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> buy it out, buy the domain uh, before it's you know it's taken. too <laughs> late. <yeah. laughs> what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is your worst fear?
3: Hmm. Oh, my worst fear is not being curious and not being challenged. Hmm.
2: Mm. Wow.
1: wow. Do you have any regrets?
3: No, I think I think regretting things, I think you can um, maybe reflect and Mm -hmm. notice how things could have been different. But Mm. I think I personally wouldn't be where I am today without all of the experiences. I know that's quite a common answer, but I truly believe that that Mm. everything has sort of pinpointed and um, interacted with my life. I'm not sure that made sense, but things have <laughs> totally happened in such sense. a way yeah. that my life is the way it is now, yeah. and I feel I feel very fulfilled and challenged, and sort of at a good in a good place. And so yeah. I think regretting would be would take away an element of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's, That's really good. Right. That's the best answer ever. Um, <laughs> what would you love to see less of in the world, and also more of in the world?
3: I would like to see. Less um, narcissism, n- not in like sort of the only the physical attribute of it, mm-hmm. but like um, the the devotion of self and the importance of self, I think, to a certain extent is 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 great. Mm-hmm. and you have to have that. but I think, where things are building and where things, to me at least, in terms of the pathway, it just feels a lot of people are very concerned with themselves and not um, concerned about the community around them in a genuine way. I Mm -hmm. think there's a difference between saying something and genuinely feeling it Mm. and understanding it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm worried about is that um, our ability to connect and to understand each other is sort of deteriorating and there's a very surface level understanding of what that is.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. What and what would you, you love to see more of in the world? Oh, mm-hmm. for
3: sure. I would love to see a lot more compassion, mm-hmm. a lot more connection. Um, and even if, to me, if it's just with a few people in your life, that mm. like genuine sense of connection, I think mm-hmm. is really important. And um, to me, it's not something that you need to express explicitly. Mm-hmm. It's something that you feel and you have and and that's enough.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: Really good stuff. Yeah, solid, um, man. Speechless. <laughs> freaking <yeah>. solid. <laughs> really uh, Karen for president. <laughs> Karen for <laughs> urban, urban,
0: dance, president. <laughs> urban <laughs> dance president. Dang. <laughs> we did an elections
1: for
3: <laughs> urban dance yeah. president. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, I actually, good. my my slogan in middle school when I ran for, um I think I ran was running for secretary at the time. My slogan was, can't go wrong with
2: Karen Chuang. Wow. <laughs> there it is. It's so
3: bad. The
0: campaign slogan <laughs> so already. Good, we'll bring
3: it back so 20 good. years later. Yeah.
0: I'll make sure we put the pun bell right <laughs> yes. right there. That was put- that was really That's going to be the name of this
1: episode. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Already oh, done. Man. I love it's
1: really that.
0: really good. I
4: love that. We'll oh, put a pin on that too.
0: Two pins so far, guys. <laughs> make sure you don't forget Two them. Right. Yeah. Put the timestamps down. Yeah. We're
2: good on the pins. Love <laughs> it. Love
1: it.
3: Thank goodness.
1: Um, what is your golden rule of your life?
3: Oh, golden rule is um, wherever you go, there you are. Wow. So this idea that you can't change your circumstance, um you can potentially change your perspective on it.
2: Wow. 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 Karen. Wow. <laughs> hey, you're straight killing
1: this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the. You say that to everybody. I think uh, no, I don't. Really don't. When we do lightning rounds, I mean, it's kind of our fault though, because sometimes we just ask like these really like big questions, so you can't just like sound bite answer it. But I think you did the lightning round format the best, where it's just like off top, boom. Next sentence, go, boom. That was good. It's always these questions.
4: (laughs) These questions are so easy. Why am I not challenged?
2: (laughs) 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 Wow, (laughs) you're
1: killing it. Um, Karen, it's so good chatting it up with you. Thank you for, um, I feel like you gave so much insight on things that like, sure, it's inspirational to the younger generation that's trying to figure it out, you know, and all Mm -hmm. that. But you're speaking, I mean, you're in a room with us here, like we're, we're we're figuring it out still too, you know what (laughs) I'm saying? And it's, and I think this is a, um, this is exactly why we like doing podcasts with people that Um, inspire us that are doing things because Selfishly, we are trying to figure it out too. So we're like, I wonder what Karen thinks about this stuff, cause maybe yeah. she could help me out. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, we're like, using you for your knowledge. <laughs> totally just using yeah. you. I listen totally. to I
4: listen to all these episodes several times because, oh, yeah. like right. editing and doing everything. So yeah. I'm
1: stealing all the information yeah, that everybody it. says. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But um you are a very inspirational mm-hmm. um role model, I think, for our community. And um, I love the fact that there are women like you that are um, empowering younger women to um, just think outside of what they may think is – you know, social media is so big. Everybody Mm -hmm. can get sucked up into it. We get sucked up into it in terms of the imagery that's out there to, you know, thinking that, oh, in order for me to be successful or whatever, I need to be popular. I need to be famous. I need to post these types of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, and all those, you know what I'm saying? Like we can Mm -hmm. get so wrapped up with what we're visually just thrown at us every day. Mm -hmm. And, um, your mentality, uh, I, I really appreciate your mentality. You're a really smart person Very and like really well-spoken. Mm. I'm just showering you with all oh the God. compliments. <laughs> it's Christmas season, so you're compliments. Your words. Your beanie. Words. <laughs> your shoelaces. Oh my gosh. I- you guys need to see, oh, the, wow. see the, the candy oh, wow. cane. Wow. <laughs> top tight.
3: What? How do you do
1: that? I don't, I don't even
3: know.
1: <laughs> it was done <laughs> for crazy, me. Crazy. <laughs>
2: um,
1: but yeah, like, thank you so much for like really what you're putting together, the mentality and um, the care that you put into educating. I mean, as you as a teacher, I can clearly see that educating well is a um, very important thing to you, um, and not just uh, taking you know an opportunity like oh it's a paycheck it's a job so let Mm -hmm. me just like get in and get out you know and uh, i can see that you really care about your craft uh you care about dance and um and like you're so well-rounded and i think that's Mm -hmm. so important to um to not just focus on just one thing you know i Mm -hmm. think because Uh, You know, as artists, it's so easy to um, just focus on the thing that we're doing, you know, like the if I'm a musician, like just my music, that's all I care about. You know, Mm -hmm. if I'm an athlete, just like playing basketball. But, you know, to think that there is life that's happening around you mm-hmm. and there's life that's going to happen ahead of you. So keeping all those things in mind, still focus on the, the craft because that's like the, the vehicle that's getting you to wherever you're going. But mm-hmm. um, it's so important to like have uh, more of an expansive sort of outlook that it, there's things outside of this. And I think that's so clear in the way that you talk. So Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh my gosh, and it's definitely
3: you. sort of thrown back at you guys through all of your experiences and successes as a unit but and also individually like something that has always resonated with me is this idea that you guys take take what you guys your successes as a platform to really push for something that's bigger than yourselves Mm -hmm. this idea that like um your slogan you know kin like Mm -hmm, your community mm -hmm. that's so important and i think at the end of the day what we do what we find success in we should always use it as a platform to mm-hmm. um, invoke a little bit more humanity and a little mm-hmm. bit more compassion in the people around us because mm-hmm. we all live on this earth together, right? Yeah. Like, whether it's through dancing or music or, you know, your financial advisor, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I think that you f- you find your way to the top so that you can remind people, like, when you're up here, yeah. you're still just a human. Like, yeah. you still yeah. have to live together. So it's definitely sort of like a mutual... Yeah. <laughs> Mutual, you know, just like I'm yeah. always inspired totally. by you guys here present, and then you know the ex- the the rest of the the group, the mm. clan, the clan. <laughs> the clan. <laughs> I guess uh, we are a
0: clan. Yeah. What do we call
1: ourselves? So yeah, I guess You're we're the Kidley clan you know? with the uh, K. We are we are <laughs> a
0: study group. <laughs> so we are an organization are an yeah, the, uh, the
3: boys club yeah
1: <laughs> book club we are immensely the book club? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really good um so how can people follow your journey uh social media instagram um
3: i i have an a, well an instagram mm-hmm. it's karen s my middle initial Chuang my last name mm-hmm. it's the same for Twitter I actually don't use Twitter as often mm-hmm. uh, I'm not active on it I use it to like you know read the news or whatever mm-hmm. but I'm not I know ever post stuff mm-hmm. same handle for my YouTube it's also been a while since I've posted something. <laughs> Whoopsies. Um, I also used to have a blog that I was very active on. Yes, When I was on tour, I used it as a way to sort of time capsule things wow. and remember all the places that I ate at. And that is um, KarenSChuang.blogspot.com. Blogspot. I think the last post was from 2017. Oh. Whoopsies, but um, maybe you'll find <laughs> you something to new to up. read. Yeah. I know. I know. So
1: much, you have so much to so help many nuggets. Yeah. yeah. Well... You have a website too, right?
3: I do have a website. Yes, it is Karen Chuang without the S. Yeah, I wish there was a little bit more consistency there. Um, KarenChuang.com and that... You can read my bio. <laughs> you can read, read my resume. <laughs> I read your resume. What do you think I got
1: all my notes? <laughs> <laughs> Due diligence. diligence. That's good. Yeah. That's good.
3: Uh, what else do I post up on there? Some, I'll you know post up my all my videos up yeah. there. Direct mm. links to them. Um, the Mood Mondays. I think we were at episode fifty. Wow. Um, is on there. What else? My calendar is not up to date. Oops. Well, a lot of things that I realize I need to work on (laughs) (laughs) in terms of my internet um, profiles. But uh, but yeah, you can follow me through any of those things or, you know, come find me in person. And uh, you teach at
1: the Edge? Yes. Yes. You
3: can also um, come dance with me every Tuesday at 2.30 at Edge Performing Arts Center in Hollywood. Sometimes I kind of pop in at places like uh the dojo eey, sometimes eey. at ML. Um eey. those are sort of the only three that I move around in, but who knows in the coming years. Wow,
1: really? We were like one of three that you move around in. Eey, yes, eey.
3: yeah, yeah. I mean I'm yeah, hyper consistent at Edge. But then you know I've taught here once. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, ML yeah, I maybe know. once. <laughs> I gotta get you in again? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, let's get yeah. you again. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Well,
2: yeah.
1: Thank you, Karen. Thank so much you. fun. Thank,
2: thank so you.
3: So much good stuff. Guys so and, uh, much for having me.
1: Yeah, Mike's going to send us home with all the goodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, full
4: show notes in the description below. Don't forget to check out com slash podcast with a K. And follow us on all the socials. That's King's podcast with a K.com. And uh, don't forget to navigate to iTunes and leave us that five-star review.
1: Wow Look yeah, at that Your voice yeah. So sweet It's always so good Smooth. I yeah. always love that. Thanks <laughs> yeah. Hey
4: guys Let's just end the episode Because uh, yeah I can't handle that kind of
3: <laughs>
1: Mike You're so awesome Hello. Mike We love uh, you Thanks, we thanks we guys love you. Okay yeah. back to Karen <laughs> 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 Thanks for watching And listening guys Shing 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 Shing